to Sugar Coated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everyone. This is Adrienne Garland, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I cannot wait to kick my second season off with my next guest. Her name is Jennifer Dawn, and she's the owner of Jennifer Dawn Coaching and the founder of The Best Planner Ever. In addition, Jennifer has started, grown, and sold multimillion-dollar businesses. She's a podcaster. She's an author, a speaker, and a coach. I cannot wait to dive into our conversation today about what it's like for women who are starting and growing businesses and the environment that we're in right now with this ongoing pandemic. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, Adrian, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I am so excited to have you here. And I just want to let everybody know that I first met you when we connected at the She Leads conference. And you were generous and gracious and provided the best planner ever to the speakers at She Leads. And I believe that you were not able to attend and speak that year, but you did speak at conference. It's, I guess it's two years ago now, and everybody just absolutely loved you, loved your planner. I have had such great conversations with you over the years, and I am just so in awe of everything that you've done. You've you've started out, and I want you to share your story. One of the things that I love about what you've created is you have this very practical, effective coaching system, and you also have a tool that goes along with it to support it in the best planner ever and the best journal ever. Um, And I think that that's something that is differentiating in this whole world of coaching. So Jennifer, can you just take us through a little bit of your early history and the, the business that you started and walk us through that a little bit? Absolutely. I'd love to do that. And I started, gosh, I started early at a young age because my grandparents were chiropractors and we would spend summers with my grandparents. And so I kind of got this like real early example of people who were, you know, smart. They were healers. Uh, My grandmother was one of the very first women to ever graduate from chiropractic college. And so at that time, that was a really significant accomplishment. And she, you know, ran the office and did insurance billings. And so as a little kid, you know, growing up or really spending summers with them, it was always just so fascinating to me to watch my grandparents work, that they had these 
you know, this really lovely career and their their office was attached to their home. And, you know, I'd see my grandmother going from the kitchen because my they, they had about an acre and a half property and it was all garden. And my grandfather just grew all kinds of fruits and vegetables. And so my grandmother would literally be like, you know, in the kitchen, you know, cooking us this big homemade breakfast. And then she'd run into the office and she'd be doing insurance billings and she'd run back out and, you know, she'd be like canning and making bread and <laughs> back in the office. And for me, it was just fascinating. My grandma, I never saw her sit still and uh, my grandfather either. So he would, you know, take patients in the office and then he would take a, you know, a 10 minute break, walk out into the garden, you know, come back in with tomatoes, put them on the counter for my grandmother and then back in the office, you know, to see patients. And so when I was eight, I decided I saw an opportunity and I was just like, hmm, I see this steady stream of patients coming in out of the office and there's an apple tree in the front yard. So I'm like, I'm going to make an apple stand because I thought, you know, all the other kids had lemonade stands and I just felt like that was so old news. And so <laughs> I created this apple stand. And you know what? It was the best. It was literally the best business I've ever had. The inventory was free. You know, I'm this little cute little eight-year-old kid, you know, with the big eyes and don't you want to buy my apples? And, you know, the patients are coming in and out of the office and, you know, we had been in and out of the office. So they'd kind of seen us grow up and, um, you know, I just really remember the feeling of having an idea and then turning it into something. And then like, I remember holding those shiny quarters in my hand and just being like, wow, I turned that idea into money. And that was just a really fascinating thing to me. And so as I grew up, you know, through high school, I had little, I had a little cake decorating business. Of course, I did babysitting, you know, I did different things. And I I always had some kind of a job through high school and college. And I started my first software company when I was 23. I had no idea what I was doing. I just was stubborn. And I was just determined that I could do it better than what I saw happening in the industry. And so that was my first kind of official company. And I grew that from nothing to seven figures. I wanted a break from software because I did that for about 13 years and I wanted to do something different. So I got out of software. I bought a log home company of all things. <laughs> and that was the year it's happened since then. But that year, the real estate market just like completely bottomed out and um, I ended up having to um, close down that business within a year. So it was kind of my first epic, you know, business failure, mm. which are some of the best. I mean, it was horrible, obviously, but um, I learned so much from that, and I kind of became a little disillusioned with being an entrepreneur sure. after that first major failure, right? I went from being like having a lot of cash to being in debt, mm. $178,000, which was a big number. Oh and um, from there, I, I took a job in corporate. And so I was just like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur anymore. I want a steady paycheck. And so I went into corporate and became the software division president for a big $54 million manufacturing firm. And they bought a software company and they had no idea what to do with it. And so I grew that business as well um, from when I took it over. The revenues were around 300 grand and I grew that to about 2.2 million in just under two years. And so keep in mind, you know, when you work for a big company and you have like a human resources department, an IT department, like you have all these people to do things that, you know, in my company originally, I did all, I did it all myself. Right. So 
But I actually found that, you know, the the values of the owners, um, it was a very toxic work environment. They they didn't have good morals. Um, I'd found some problems in their software. They didn't want to fix it. And for me, that was just like, what? Like, if we had problems in our software, we fixed it. It was just a no, yeah. like, no brainer. Um, they didn't want to fix things. And I knew the customers were really going to see the benefits. I'm not the benefits. They were really going to be hurt by this, that they... They weren't going to fix things the way they needed to be hurt. And so I eventually left corporate after a few years. And from there, really kind of went out on my own and was like, I've just, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to figure it out. And and that's exactly what I did. And eventually I had relocated and um, was asked to lead a national network of women entrepreneurs and did that for a few years and really loved it. And that's really what stepped me into coaching. Mm. And just kind of, I tell my husband, I'm like, it sort of gave me the courage to coach where I didn't realize I had all this really valuable experience growing my own company, you know, in corporate growing a company. So I kind of had experience on both sides. And when I started like mentoring and helping other women entrepreneurs, I just I had such a love of it because I just I love helping. And um, and then from there, I started my coaching practice. And so there we go. That's wow. how it all began. And that was, I don't know, gosh, eight, eight or nine years ago. It was a while. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I think that that is such a fascinating story. And and your grandparents and sort of meshing together their life and their work is really something that I think we all aspire to do. I mean, that just sounds like such a beautiful life to be able to help people, heal people, and also be in your home, but have a separate area. I mean, to Mm -hmm. me, that just sounds like nirvana. (laughs) It really, it really was. And I'll tell you, for those listening, like it might be easy to go, oh, well, you know, it was so easy for her. What you don't know is that my my parents were actually very toxic. My father was abusive. And so nine months of the year, I was in my parents' household, which was not a good situation. Mm. And so those couple of months of the summer where we got to spend summers with my grandparents, um, that really saved me. Mm. So anybody who's tempted to think, oh, well, it was so much easier for her. I'm just going to, I just want to balance that out with, you know, there are some really bad things going on in our in our regular home life. Yeah. But thank God we had, you know, the the summers with my grandparents, which I believe really set me up for, you know, everything that's good in me. <laughs> that was the example that was set. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so beautiful. we really get to choose, you yeah. know, what we're going to hold on to and what we're going to resonate with and align with. Oh, gosh. You know, I, I know a couple of people who are just absolutely lovely human beings that have a similar story that there was a lot of just dysfunction and, you know, abuse and everything. But there was this one bright spot and it turned them into incredibly kind, genuine, authentic human beings. And so I, you know, I I did not know that about you. And um, it's 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 fascinating that our mind is able to make those choices and and that we get to decide how we want to live our lives. I I, I just love that. I'm very, um, you know, into the power of the mind, but it also takes so much uh, discipline in order to think positively because you can very easily fall into a, a negative pattern of, of thinking. And I know that I'm susceptible to that negative pattern of thinking. And, you know, it takes work every single day to, you know, see see the good and choose the positive. So, uh, gosh, th- th- just in your story, I think that there's so much and so much that I want to sort of, uh, you know, unpack, if you will. 
at 23, (laughs) starting a software company, you know, I just have all these questions like, okay, you must have just graduated from college somewhere, you know, a year or two around there. And how did you get into software of all things? Were you a technology major? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, great question. Well, it's interesting because I never actually graduated from college. I had gone to college right after high school. I'd gotten into Florida State University and I went there for about three years. And while I was in college, my grandfather had had passed away and my family was not going to go to the funeral. And I was just like, are you kidding me? We lived in Florida at the time and they were in Arizona. And I'm just like, you have to be kidding me. Like he's like this really important figurehead of our family. And so At the time, I was going to school full-time and working a full-time job and, of course, paying for it all myself. The Mm. only thing my my parents ever said about college was, we're not paying for it. (laughs) So, um, you know, I was doing well, and and then my grandfather passed away. And so I paid for my whole family to go to the funeral. And it it bankrupted me is what happened because I I was a contractor. I lost two weeks of income. I maxed out all my credit cards, you know. And so when we got back, and I would do it again in a heartbeat for my grandfather, Um, But when we got back, I ended up having to drop out of school, get a second job at night in a funeral home of all places. Yes, I have lots of stories, Adrian. Yes, I know, I know. (laughs) That was a great life lesson working in a funeral home, let me tell you. So I I did. I got a second job at night. And what happened was I really lost my momentum. I still took classes here and there, but I just lost that momentum. And then from there, I just sort of like I I got a better job and then I got a better job and I just kept getting better jobs. Mm. And one of those better jobs was for a software company that did point of sale software, which is what I did. And so while I worked for them, they bought like three of their competitors. And so I had this, you know, I'm like 21 years old and I had this tremendous insight because it was my job to go out on the road and and help these customers like move over to a different software system, which it was a giant disaster, like what they had done and how they were doing it. But for me, my experience, I was all over the place working with all these customers. And then I had access to all these different systems. I got to see how everybody was doing it. And so that's really what kind of gave me that insight into I could do this a heck of a lot better because these guys are just a disaster and they don't take good care of their clients. And, you know, at the time, I'm young, I'm on the road, I had an aptitude for software, I just really liked the technology, but I really liked helping people too. And so that's really where it came from. When I left, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to start my own company. I'd never really had any business failures, so I had no reason to be afraid of it. And I just, I just knew I could do it better. I didn't know how I was going to really get make it all happen. But I just was very determined that I could do a better job than what I had seen happening in the industry. Wow. I mean, that just speaks to the level of confidence that you have in yourself. And it seems like there's a real thread and desire to help people. It's what you're still doing, you know, to this day. And it seems like it stems from your grandparents, right? They're, they were mm-hmm. helping people um, to do better, right? I, I, yeah, just, I just absolutely love that. And I, I also love to hear the the stories that I would say are, you know, non-traditional. I, I know that growing up, I was sort of fed the, the, 
the promise that, you know, if you go to college and you work hard and you keep your head down and, you know, you're, you're going to be rewarded. And it's not always, it's not the case, period. And mm-hmm. I love to hear stories from people that have taken different approaches and that they are successful today and mainly on their terms. It's mm-hmm. just a different way. And, you know, as my children grow up and, and sort of get into the whole, you know, college and and into the world, I try to emphasize to them that there is no one path to success. You really need to make your own way. And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's why entrepreneurship appeals to me so much. And it always has, because I've always, you know, I, I've always seen that that yes you can work hard and and do well but there's always this rebel in me that says well you can do things better or why are we doing things like this and I've gotten into trouble in my career and in my life for questioning you know why are we doing something like this it seems stupid and a waste of time um I probably could uh, ask questions in a better way (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's like these obvious things and so um, I actually just started teaching a a class at NYU Tisch Center for Hospitality which I absolutely love and it's on entrepreneurship and business plan development and what I tell the students is you have to have this you know growth mindset and you have to be looking for opportunity everywhere so Mm -hmm. Can, I wanted to talk to you today about that uh, and and then the environment that we're in. As women who are, you know, growing businesses, starting businesses, you know, leaving the corporate workforce in droves, the, the statistics are just mind boggling about women who have taken themselves out of the workforce, all of the women that have lost jobs and I, you know, I I want the answer to be, well, if you can start a business and you know how to do that effectively, then that is an amazing choice and you don't need to be working in corporate. But is the reality that anybody can start a business and be successful? I'm going to say no. Yeah. No. And you know what? If everybody started a business, then who would work in those businesses? I don't think that everybody should have a business. Now, I'm a business coach. I work with business owners all day long. And I I do have that entrepreneurial, I don't know, there's just something about it that I kind of need to run my own show. And if that's you, fantastic. But like, I have a team. And if they all want, in fact, uh, two of the members of my team had their own businesses. And they're like, yeah, no, thanks. It wasn't my jam. <laughs> and they, they're they smart enough to recognize that they didn't want to deal with all of the stuff that goes along with running your own business. And so thank goodness for that, because how would I ever be able to build like an amazing team if I didn't have people who wanted to work, you know, in that team? So yep. I think it's important to just really get clear on who we are and who we want to be. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will be like, you know, oh, don't like your job, start your own business. And it sounds really easy, but starting your own business is tough and getting something off the ground. And then guess what? As you grow it, it's tough at every level. Like there's no like easy street. Yeah. So 
Not to say that you can't get into a place, you know, where your business is running really well. You absolutely can. But just the idea of, oh, just go start a business and it'll solve all your problems, I think is total baloney. And I wouldn't fall for it. Yeah. <laughs> I would get really clear on really who you want to be and what you want to do. You know, if you don't like the job that you're in, you know, maybe look for another job or maybe start a business. Consider all the options, but then pick what's really going to be best for you. Yeah. there. I mean, there are so many things that go into starting your business and growing your business. And it's something that we really look at in the, this class that I teach because I, I want everybody to sort of get the stars out of their eyes. I want them to keep that passion uh, for, you know, whatever it is that they want to do. But at the same time, show them all the different aspects of everything that goes into it so that they're, you know, they're like, uh oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'll hold until the situation is better or, you know, they have a little bit more resources or, or things like that. I've done a lot of um, just kind of research and, and looking around and because of this whole she session that they're calling it, you know, I think that there's an opportunity here and maybe it's not that women, all women start businesses, but maybe there's an opportunity for those women that should be starting businesses to start them and then bringing in all of the the women that have sort of been, um, you know, laid off and they have to deal with childcare and all of that kind of stuff. Do you see any type of like marketplace shift toward more of this you know, she economy or she economy, whatever they're calling it. I just think that there's got to be a different corporate type of structure that allows people to have this, this seamless integration of home and, and work. Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. And I definitely do see a shift. And from what I see for myself personally and the clients that I work with is part of what I'm seeing is just like women are like, they've kind of had enough of this. Like yeah. they see all these things going on in the world and it's like, you know what? I kind of need to do something and it's time for me to like step up and own who I want to be. Um, I see a lot of that kind of happening where you know, I mean, you look at our leadership, our government today, and there's a lot of disappointment there. Yep. <laughs> and so there, and we'll leave it at that. But there's just, there's a point where, and at least the way that I've kind of handled it is I don't have, at least I feel, I feel like I don't have a ton of control over what the government is doing, what our leaders are doing. You know, I don't have, I don't feel like I have a lot of control there. But I feel like I have a lot of control over me. I have a lot of control over my mind, my thinking, my actions, what I'm going to do every day. I have a lot of control over who I'm going to help, how I'm going to help them. I have control over the people I'm going to hire and how I'm going to help them in their personal lives. And I have a lot of control over what I'm going to put out in the world. I can put out a whole lot of good or I can spend all my time, you know, watching the news and working myself into a state of fear and I can be stressed and I can stress out everybody around me or not. And so for me, that's how I've kind of looked at it and how I've coached my clients and worked with my people and my team is like, let's look at the areas where we really have control and let's exercise that control in the highest possible way that we can exercise it. And I just 
feel like, and I and I, I can't imagine I'm alone in this, um, was a lot of other women were just kind of at this place where let me control what I control and let me put out the best things that I can put. And that's kind of the way that I feel like I can impact the world is by setting an example of what's possible. Mm. I think I love that so much. And I think that we also, first of all, I agree with you that women have sort of had enough. And I also agree that women want to get their personal, you know, ideas out into the world, their thoughts, their opinions, and they face a a lot of, I don't know if it's barriers, but there's like a lot of other noise that's out there. And so I hear so much from, you know, the women entrepreneurs that I talk to and, and the leaders that, you know, there's all this social media noise. There's, you know, how do I get visibility? How, you know, is what I have to say meaningful? Like, are enough people going to care? And I think that's something that really hinders many women when it comes to, you know, marketing their business or or getting it out there. And especially women that are maybe, you know, not in the millennial generation, but maybe, you know, Gen X, because Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't necessarily put the same value on social media that maybe some of the younger generations do. And yet Mm -hmm. we know that we sort of need to be there to be relevant, but do we? I mean, there's so many questions in that. (laughs) Yeah, It's just, there's, there's so many challenges and I feel like women that are more in this Gen X and, and even beyond the baby boomers, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of fear And then there's also so much pressure all over the place from, you know, taking care of children to taking care of their parents to how do I, you know, be successful and how do I get my ideas out into the world? How do you sort of help somebody to, you know, calm down and like you say, take control of what you have control over? Yeah, um, you're right. There's a lot of questions in there, Adrian. <laughs> and I could go in like 10 different directions Ooh. to speak to all of that because it's so, it's so, so good. And it's all so important. And the way that I help people kind of take control of this is the first thing that we do is we get really clear on who it is that you actually want to be. You know, what do you want your life to look like? And we usually do this through like a vision statement. Now, if you're a business owner, you might be thinking like a mission statement, vision statement, like the one or two liner. That's not what I'm talking about. I might change the name of it. It's like a dream statement, right? It's like, if I was living my ideal life in my perfect day, and what would that really look like? And so getting clarity first, because we're so busy, we don't take the time to get clear on what it is that we really want. So that's the first step is like taking that time. And if you can do this work with somebody else to have like that outside perspective, sometimes that can really, really help of just like, who is it that I want to be? Who do I want to become? Where do I want to grow? How do I want to learn? Like, who do I really want to be? And so that's the first thing that we do. Mm. From there, we then take that, well, this is where I want to end up. So now let's start making some changes as far as like, you know, the goals that we set and, 
the, the changes that we're going to make in our day-to-day life. And we don't try and do everything at once. This is a big key here. You yes. know, why do so many people <laughs> fail, right? At New Year's, they're like, oh my God, I have to change my whole life and I'm going to do it all right now. And they go for about three days and then they fall <laughs> off the wagon and then they beat themselves up. And then it's like, and then the whole rest of the year they spend, you know, feeling sorry for themselves. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't work. It's never worked. It's never going to work. And so, What we do is we really kind of create like a daily plan for winning, which are just little steps, little steps each and every day. But you're always super clear on like that outcome, that goal, um, the vision of where you want to end up. And here's where I think so many get tripped up is that they think that the day to day is like glamorous or fun. And it isn't like winning is done in the trenches. Like you win when you decide to make a different decision. You win when you decide to say no to something that maybe you've said yes to and you know you shouldn't be saying yes to it, right? You win when you get up and you like do the workout, even though your brain is giving you 45 reasons why you you, want to get out of it. But you get up and you like do the workout or you eat the healthy food or, you know, that's really where winning is done in that decision. Yeah. And I got to say, like, you know, with everything going on in the world, I see so many people like getting pulled into the news. And I'm not saying don't don't be informed. But like, look, I have people who literally have worked themselves up into such a frenzy because they sit there and they watch the news all day long mm-hmm. and then they, they, they're they frozen and they like can't function and they've, they've driven themselves into like these depressions. Yeah. And it's coming from, you know, sitting around and really feeding your mind, filling your mind with, I mean, think about it. The news is problem based. (laughs) They take problems, (laughs) they make them bigger, and they sensationalize them. And so if you want to like move forward and you're filling your head with all of these like sensationalized problems, which are made to be bigger, 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 because that's how the news people, I mean, I'm not saying news is bad, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But you want to move forward in your life, well, start by looking at where what are you feeding your mind? Like, I listen to motivating podcasts. I'm really good at motivating myself. And I still listen to things that motivate me, inspire me. Like, I really, really limit my time on the news just simply because I see the devastating effect it can have on people. They just get so sucked into it. And then it's like, they're kind of stuck and depressed and what was me? And it's like, well, how are you going to have a winning life if that's what you're feeding your mind? And your mind is your most powerful asset. That's it. It's just your mind. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's so true. And I'm really listening to you as you're speaking here, because I I don't do a lot of news watching for that very reason. However, there's that other part of at least my mind where I'm like, well, I also want to make sure that I can have intelligent conversations with people mm-hmm. should anything come up. So <laughs> I I think I consume a little bit more news than I really should. And it I think because we've been so, you know, locked down and I haven't been going to the city and meeting people like I always used to, I, I feel like some of that negativity has sort of seeped in, even though I I haven't wanted it to. It's like it happened. And so when you go to make decisions on how to move forward, there's that nagging voice that's like, but wait, you know, we have all of these issues and problems. Like, how can you possibly think that you're going to be successful when there's all this shit in the world? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And social and, media is doing the same thing. Oh, it's all doing the same thing. And this is where when we talk about, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, the message of like, well, what should I be putting out into the world? Well, you should definitely get clear on who you are and who you want to be. And then when you're putting your message out to the world, like have that message come from a higher place. And for me, that place is love. It's always love. Yeah. If I'm putting a message out that's filled with love, not a message that's based on fear, I know that message is going to land wherever it needs to land. Mm. But your your thinking and your mind and, and the environment that we're creating between our our ears is so, so important because if you're you're watching a lot of the news, I mean, gosh, if you only watch that, you would just be like the world is completely falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, it isn't true. Yeah. Yes, we're all faced with something. We've all had to change. We've all had to adapt. But from that has been amazing innovation and yeah. amazing creativity. Yeah. Like my daughter can go to school virtually, which means that like, oh, you want to go over here? Okay, yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> she can go to school virtually. Like the, the amazing creation and innovation that's come from it has, there is good there. Yeah. But you're not going to find a lot of that, you know, out on the news, out on social media. Yeah. I'm going to tell you for like our business, and I'm, I'm so grateful. So for my coaching practice, you know, COVID hit and all my clients or most of my clients, their revenues just completely nosedived. And of course, they were like, we can't afford coaching. Well, of course you can't because your your revenues for many of them, some of the revenues dropped, you know, 80%, you yeah. know, in the period of just a few days, which is really significant. But I said to all my clients, you know what? I'm going to coach you for free. I, grant, I granted them all three months of free coaching and said, we're going to get through this. And you know what? We did. That's amazing. And you're, you're not going to hear this like on the news. Every one of my clients is doing really, really well. Wow. And in fact, many of my clients even had for 2020, they had record setting years. Oh my gosh. They like they sold more. They did more than and even with the, you know, the few months where their businesses went down. They rebounded, they came back, and many of them are right now sitting, having record profits. My coaching practice, record profits. Even Amazing. though for three months, I was coaching for free. And, you know, my income was w- went to basically nothing. It was like, rut row, <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> but, you know, we used that time to do the work that they needed to do to change their businesses. And then they came back and they were prepared for you know, the business that it has and did come. And so for me and my coaching, it's actually like we're seeing something completely different than what you're going to see on the news. I'm seeing my I'm seeing so many of, of these businesses that are doing well and they're taking a, not advantage, but they're they're using these opportunities to be better and to help in a different way. And so mm. it's really entirely possible. But when I come back to it, it's the mindset. Yeah. If you're going into it thinking everything is terrible, it's a disaster, I'm going to go out of business, well, you probably will. Yeah. But if you go into it with like, you know what, it's not the end of the world. Um, there's probably opportunities here. But 
you've got to get yourself into a better place to see and recognize those opportunities. And then, of course, do the work to take advantage of them. And those are the people who are out there right now, not just surviving, but really thriving in business. Yeah, I've heard I've heard many, many stories like this as well. And, you know, my husband has his own business and he had he is in uh, fire alarms, commercial fire alarms, Mm -hmm. and his business is doing better than ever, too, which I think is such a great sign for the economy because he, you know, either retrofits or uh, when there's new buildings built, you have to put fire alarms in them. So Mm -hmm. he's doing very well, which says, well, construction hasn't stopped, right? So Mm -hmm. I I do think that there's a, a real bright spot in all of this. Of course, you know, it's absolutely terrible that so many people have, you know, perished because mm-hmm. of, of the pandemic. It's that that's awful. You know, if it was just mm-hmm. like an economy thing, you know, that would be a different story. But people's, you know, lives are, are literally being lost. And so it's like it's it feels odd to talk about opportunity during a time like that. But people still need to live. You know, those mm-hmm. who are living still need things. And I agree with you there. There really is so much opportunity and I just wonder, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I don't know that your clients have have all done a certain thing which has, you know, brought back the level of success. But have they have they completely changed, you know, have, have there been clients that have either completely changed their business, you know, or who have just made a shift or that they just Double down. Like I, I'm kind of looking to understand what people did because if they lost, you know, the majority of their revenue and then they gained it back, I'm sure they didn't just do the same thing. Agreed. And usually it's a combination of shifting and double downing. Mm. Really, it's usually not changing the whole business, but it's usually, um, you know, a series of shifts that had to occur and then double downing and doing the work based on those shifts and. You know, again, it it comes back to the thinking. And I guess for me, I'm fortunate because I'm surrounded by people who are double downing and who are doing the work and they're getting results. And so that's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not seeing like I'm not sitting around and watching the news and filling my mind with all the people who, you know, are going out of business and suffering. And I I mean no disrespect to any of that, but what I'm seeing is the, the positive, the good we pull from a bad situation. That's mm-hmm. that's really what I'm seeing and that's what I've surrounded myself with. And so I don't really think that it's a surprise that like the people in my circle mm. are doing well because we're all of a similar thinking that, you know, we're going to pull the good, you know, life hands you um, – one of my immutable laws is turn crap into gold. Yes. <laughs> Which that wasn't the word that was originally there, but my SEO company was like, you can't say that on your website. Um, but you know, when life hands you junk, it's like, all right, use it as an opportunity to turn it into something good. And I truly believe, like, you know, that's that's where God is. And we're not we don't talk religion, but like that's where God lives, is when you can pull the good out of something sad or or you know traumatic or horrible but you can find the good in it like that's the place where at least I want to be and and those are the kind of people that I want to hang out out with or people who can see it in that perspective and 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 pull the good out of anything yeah 
I love that so much. And I, I think this is why you are so successful and why so many people gravitate toward you. It's it's just because of everything that you've said. And I hope that everybody can hear how just incredibly you know, genuine you are, Jennifer. I mean, I, I feel every time that I talk to you and even since the first time that I ever spoke to you, I, I felt like, you know, this, this woman is easy to talk to. She is friendly and, and real. And that's rare, which is mm-hmm. weird to say, but it's rare. And so I appreciate you so much being in my circle. You're somebody that I look to for positivity. And I would love everybody that's in the She Leads community to be able to, you know, check you out and check everything out that you do. So how can people, uh, you know, contact you or just learn more about you? Oh, um, wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for all those kind things that you just said about me. I'm like, ooh, that makes me feel wonderful. Um, they can find me um, for my coaching site. It's jenniferdawncoaching.com. Um, for the planner site, it is bestplannerever.com. And if you reach out to me or contact me through the websites, we do check that. We respond. We're real people. <laughs> so you can find me through either of those those sites. Well, thank you so much. This has been another wonderful conversation. And I just really appreciate you sharing all of yourself with our listeners. And I can't wait to catch up with you again really soon. Oh, me too. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, Jennifer. Bye. The She Leads Podcast Network.